Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of the Haskin Cast podcast. Today, uh, we're going to be talking to Gina, and Gina is someone that I've known for quite a few years now. I want to say 15 years, give or take, and she has been through an awful lot, and she's here to talk to us about that today. A lot of it involves her, her addiction to drugs and what she's done before and during and after. Um, she's been clean for a while, and... She's going to talk to us about that. So today's episode is going to be a little bit heavy, and uh, hopefully uh, there are some people that will gain from this, you know, a little bit of strength or hope or knowledge or something that they can use to either help themselves or help someone else. Because, you know, it's not just about being an artist, whether you're a musician or a painter or a, a graphic designer or whatever. It's it's about making the world a better place. And there's a lot of people that deal with some really tough stuff. And she's one of them. And hopefully, you know, hopefully she'll be able to tell you some things that kind of give you a little bit of an insight to what people go through. And maybe you'll look at things a little bit differently after that. And uh, let's see what she has to say. Okay, folks, let's go ahead and welcome her to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. (laughs) Really good. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Let's start off by telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Gina, and I am a single mom of one child. She's a little girl, almost two. I am a, well, Scott, I don't know what I am. I think we're all, uh, you know, to some extent, I think that discovery is something that goes on for our entire life. But for you, it's been a bit of a struggle. You've had... um, a really rough last few years. And I think that you're in a really good place now. I'm glad that you're kind of climbing the mountain of getting back to who you are. Um, Why don't you talk about a little bit about kind of how you ended up in not a great place in life? Okay. Well, so I had a wild dream when I was a young girl, a fantastic dream that I was going to be a musician, a solo artist, a vocalist, and not that I was going to be a certain somebody or a big-time pop star or that I was going to be a celebrity, but just that I was going to be this great person who had an amazing voice and this great heart, and I was just going to go for it. And if... Somebody was going to get in my way and try and make me a bad person. Well, I wasn't going to let him. And if, you know, someone told me I wasn't a good singer, well, I was just going to prove him wrong. And I just had this giant dream my entire life, and I fought for it, and I fought for it. But, I mean, not to say that I haven't fulfilled that. I do believe I'm a good singer, and I do believe I'm a good person, but I fell into a drug addiction at 15. It was one of my first drug use was, but that's not the real drug problem, uh, that drug. You know, I started into a specific drug at 21, and at that time, things really got bad, and I um, fell into it hard uh, with the intention of 
starting to open back up at 21 because I had been... Now, Scott, I'm not sure if you knew this. I had been uh, kidnapped. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? I did know that, yeah. Okay, I thought so. Okay, so when I was kidnapped, I fell deep into this whole depression, and I started into this drug, and I thought that it was going to open me back up, and I could you know, talk with people again, and um, instead it, it did quite the opposite. I'd become isolated and um, just very lonely, despite maybe some some really great songs I've sang, you know, live or just to myself. I sang quite a bit to myself every day, to other people, whatnot, but I've just become very isolated in the drug use, and it's became... Um, it, it became my love, and it clouded my vision, and I made poor choices, and, you know, here I am, 33, and I am still that girl that I wanted to be when I was, you know, that I dreamt to be when I was five. I am that girl, but instead, I'm just not as further, you know, as I'd like to be, and you now I'm a single mom of a beautiful little angel, and... Um, I don't know. I, I can't say that I have a regret, but she's so cute, and I love her. <laughs> she is precious, absolutely. Uh, how long has it been since your last use? Over a year. That's fantastic. That really is. Yes. Uh, do you mm-hmm. feel that uh, you're kind of getting yourself back now that you've been away from it for a while, or do you still struggle with the idea of going back to it? I have struggled with the idea, um, mostly because I've been very saddened, more so the last few years, just because of a loss in relationship and struggle with my identity, mostly. Mm-hmm. I was right where I planned to be. Not not so much planned, but knew I was going to be. And then it just crumbled. And so the last year I've really struggled with the identity and thought maybe I'm supposed to go back to the drug use. Um, but I have gotten my, that myself back so much more than I ever have or that I've felt in a very long time. I mean, it's been over 15 years since I've been sober for a year from a drug. It really is. So. And you sound really good. Like I hear a light in your voice that I have not heard in a long time. And it's great to hear that. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Was there a point where you kind of realized that you had been sort of lying to yourself about where you were at that woke you up? Uh, a point in, in this whole last, like, 15 years or so? or Well, any time. Like, like what, what made you stop this last time and have, have been able to keep you clean for a year? Um. Yeah, uh, somebody in my life that meant a lot to me uh, just doubted who I was. Um, probably that one person that would have been the, the catapult. You know, like I said at the beginning, you know, if anybody wanted to say I wasn't a good person, well, I'd, I would make sure that, you know, I wouldn't listen to that and move forward or I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't listen to other people. Well, it was that catapulted. Like, I don't know if this is the word catapultist. I don't think that's the word. <laughs> catalyst? But like, yeah, catalyst. Well, I liked catapultist. I like that, uh, too. I'm going to make that a word. <laughs> I'm calling yes, Webster. Catalyst. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 
you know, there, that is one thing that I found a lot of beauty in. Um, unfortunately, uh, after the 15 years of drug use, when I wake back up, my grammar isn't stellar and, you know, I'm not up to par, but I found a lot of humor and, uh, in, in the, the recovery. I think sure. it's cute and I think it's funny that I don't have the words to say. I used to, that was one of the biggest struggles that I would have before. I didn't have the words to say of how I was feeling or the right lyrics to sing, but I've, I've found a lot of joy in finding it. And so I just wanted to point that out because it, it made me giggle when I didn't have the right word. It just sounded so silly. No, that was great. But, I make up words all the time. <laughs> Sometimes I actually think they are words and then I find out they aren't. And uh, I've argued for years that the word, uh, the contraction for shall not, it's shan't, and it shouldn't be shan't, it should be shalt, because there's no L. Mm -hmm. And I've always felt that that was just wrong, so I'm still fighting for that one. Well, I support you in that. Thank you. I'm I'm using catapultus. That's gonna be that's gonna be my new word. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I was trying to give the catalyst a professional title, so he does, he is a catapultist. Yeah, he's not a catalyst. <laughs> yeah, it sounds kind of like an aerist or a ventriloquist or you know or an aerialist yes, or a yes, a very artistic ability. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Now, mm. have have you? Um, you're still singing though. Yeah. Good. Do you sing to yourself every day still? Yeah, I do. I'm glad. Uh, mm. I, re I remember one of the great things about when you were visiting me and you stayed with me for a couple of days, um, that just, it was great to have that kind of song in the house because you would, you had your little keyboard and you would play and sing every single day. And I loved that. I think that that really is something that can be grounding. It is. Yeah. It can be, depending on what brain you're working with. Sure. <laughs> you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've recently started performing again. So do you have, uh, is there anything that kind of holds you back from doing that? Or are you just back full on ready to fly on stage now? Oh, I would be ready. But what always holds me back, and I guess still does, is not having... Um, the community to perform with or not knowing where to perform in this area. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah. I think uh, this, this small area wouldn't exactly be my venue, but right. no, in my own setback, I just don't have the community that, that I've set out for. I think you will, though. Yeah, I, I hope so. I think things are evolving, and I think that you'll get back to a place where you have that available, and, and it, it great opportunity. Because it's definitely out there. Now I struggle with the, well, I wouldn't say struggle is such an unfortunate word at the moment. Uh, I contemplate, no, that's not the word. See, Scott, this is fun for me. <laughs> I, um, what genre do I work with now? Mm. Because with, with, the, with the, the drug use gone and that mentality away, what, What's my capability now? Where do I want to stand? Where do I want to be? Who do I want to be singing around? Do I want to sing myself and just with the microphone? Do I want to be performing uh, in a church? I don't know if that's really where I lay. Um, I have to find out where I want to be before I go there instead of just throw myself out there as, as though I did before and hmm. and see what sticks. That's a smart move. <laughs> yeah. See, I did that because I was... I just didn't know. I just wanted to. I just wanted to be out there so bad. I couldn't. 
I think that we we definitely live in a world that lacks any kind of patience these days. You know, you can look at the way people drive to where they, you know, they order food. Like everything these days is just instant gratification. I think the art of patience is a, a sadly lost thing. I'm a little bit older than you, and I remember, you know, having to wait. If I wanted to order something from Europe, I would have to wait six weeks. I'd have to save up for an international money order and whatever I wanted when I was a kid, and then you got to send it off, and you know it's going to be at least six weeks before you get whatever it is that you wanted. And nowadays, you can get anything in a, a very short time. And I think that it's good to approach something with an, a, a strong element of patience and development and you know, really intelligently looking at things and going with a full assessment before you just jump in and take action. And then I think there's times where it is appropriate to just, there's an opportunity, you just grab it and go for it and see what happens. But I, I like the way that you're going to go about this. What, when you, so when you first started doing drugs when you were 15, what was your drug of choice? At 15? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I was smoking a little bit of weed, but mostly I was just drinking. I was drinking alcohol. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, then mm-hmm. you, and then you stopped, and then at 21 you started up again. Um, no, I didn't really stop too much. Um, with the, with, well, I guess alcohol did take a... Take a, oh gosh, I so much. I I didn't stop, but it lessened because I tried cocaine, mm. and cocaine was my drug of choice. Gotcha. Cocaine was my drug of choice for a very very long time, very long time. Do you remember what the first time was like that you did it? Yeah, I do, and I didn't feel anything. <laughs> really? I remember the reason why I tried it, and I remember um, gave it to me, which, of course, I won't say the names, but, mm-hmm. and I remember uh, falling asleep and it not affecting me one bit. But I remember trying it again because I had to really find out if, you know, what I was told was, was true. So I, I tried it again. Wow. So the first time that you did it, what what made you sort of cross that line? Because, I mean, we all know that drugs are bad for us and we shouldn't do them and that sort of thing. But what, what was it that made you go, I'm going to do this? Um, my boyfriend that I was with, um, he wasn't, I didn't know this, but he wasn't sleeping all night. So when I'd wake up in the morning, he was he was tired and he looked he looked sick and he he was telling me that he had a heart problem mm-hmm. and that he had a heart condition and he he just he wasn't feeling well so I told my girlfriends about it my girlfriends told me he was doing cocaine and he told me that he had a heart condition mm-hmm. so my girlfriends were saying oh trust me he's doing cocaine like we know he's doing cocaine so I was like oh I don't believe you I don't know what this drug is about there's no can't keep you up all night. There's no way. There's no way. How could a drug keep you up all night? I don't believe it. <laughs> right. Of course, my naive, innocent self was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll try it. And I felt nothing the first night and then um, and tried it again. Did, That's why. <laughs> and I imagine that it was incredibly difficult to stop. It was because... That was before I got kidnapped, and I actually did it just a few times here and there. But then I got kidnapped, and it was so incredibly difficult to stop. Mm-hmm. 
how did how and, you know obviously you know if you don't want to talk too much about that we don't have to but, but how do you think that did did being kidnapped did that change the way that you looked at yourself or how did that impact you apart from I mean obviously the fear of of it happening again or being mm-hmm. hurt or something like that but how did it affect you in any way of, as far as how you looked at yourself um I don't think it's how I looked at myself. I couldn't look at myself anymore. I couldn't see myself because all I could feel and see was something completely different. You know, all I felt was uh, pain and fear. And at that time, I was I was in a I was a law officer, and I was really good at talking with people. I loved speaking with people. I loved being a people person. Mm-hmm. And then when that happened. I couldn't be that anymore. I couldn't talk with people. So what it did is it just took me away from myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have the respect that I had for myself. You know, what respect I did have. You know, I didn't, I didn't see that beautiful person. I didn't see the, the beautiful voice that I had. I used those, those things because I knew I had them from my memory, Mm -hmm. but I literally could not see them. If that's, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I can only understand to an extent because I, I don't think anybody that hasn't actually been through a situation like that can really understand. Yeah. Um, I think more along an intellectual side, I can say, well, that makes sense, or I imagine mm-hmm. that this is how I might feel. But you really don't know until you've actually been through something like that. Do you do you think that where you're at now, having been a, a year away from any kind of use, do you think it's important to forgive yourself or to accept that, yes, this is something I did. That was all yesterday. Here's where I am today and I'm moving forward. Oh, it's absolutely important to forgive yourself. It's taken a long time, but because there are some, there are some people, there are some opportunities that I've lost. There are people that I've hurt. Um, you know, I think back to when I was, you know, um, you know, at your place and, you know, I've hurt people, mm-hmm. and um, you have to forgive yourself because if you don't work at trying to find the forgiveness, if you just accept that you don't forgive yourself and allow the time to pass, you're going to take yourself back to where you started, yeah. and that could be a very dangerous place. Mm-hmm. You know, it, if it takes, uh, no matter how long it takes, just it, it's very important to work on forgiving yourself. I'm not completely forgiving of everything, but I at least try to put the love in the in the progress that I've made. For instance, I'm I'm kind of upset. I'm gonna lie that I don't have the grammar. That's one of the selfish things that I'm I'm upset about. I don't have the grammar. I don't have the words. I don't have the intelligence that I wish that I had. But I have to find humor in it. That's not there. I can't just be me and then you know scold myself every time I look in the mirror because I don't know that all the words in, in the thesaurus and the dictionary, what, what am I going to do? Sure. But you it's know? also important not to beat yourself up over it or, you know, go back into blame because you don't feel good about a part of where you're at now. Because I think it's too easy to just roll right back into a, a tub of guilt, you know? Yeah. Well, and I have my little one. Yeah. I have to, I have to be strong for and to show her, um, um, how to be strong, and if she and, and I need to be there for her when she needs me. Mm-hmm. How how much of your um, sobriety do you attribute to her? I would say 
about 90%. Wow. And the reason that is because I love her more than anything. I have love for myself, and she's helping me regain that, but it's it's her. I've never wanted anything more than her in my life. Mm -hmm. I thought I wanted singing more than anything, but then, you know, I know I always wanted her, and so, um, yeah. I think that's that's a powerful thing. I mean, I don't have children, so I can't, uh, uh, again, I can't identify only to the intellectual side of, you know, I, I can understand the, the, the love. But to be able to take you off of something that had consumed so much of your life, I don't think it gets more powerful than that. Yeah. Um, she's, a, she's, she's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you do you, uh, does she sing along with you or make any kind of sounds when you're singing? Um, she does, and I will never forget the first time I recorded it actually, without knowing it was going to happen. The first time I realized she's going to sing. <laughs> I had. Can I just tell you a little bit? I'll, I'll show you after the recording. I'll send yeah. you the video. But I was cleaning in the house, and I just set the cam the the phone up to recorder what she would do while I'm not paying attention to her. And she was maybe maybe nine months, almost a year maybe, and all of a sudden she just takes a deep breath and she goes, ah, and she holds a note for about 10 seconds on the same note. Wow. And just holds it. And she put, she sang one note and went up a half a step. And she just held it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I replayed it. I'm just listening to it. I'm like, that was the cutest thing I've ever heard in my whole entire life. Oh, yes. You're going to be a singer. I definitely want to see that. Have you started teaching her Do-Re-Mi yet, or is she too young? Uh, no. We have a piano uh, downstairs, and we play the piano, and she, we, I try to do exercises with her, so I'll sing very simple melodies. Um, it's just a few notes, and I'll try and have her repeat it back to me. She's, mm-hmm. she's doing great. She's wonderful. Excellent. Well, she's got a great teacher. I, you know, people obviously aren't going to know who you are, so they're not going to know how good of a singer you are. But I can attest you are a fabulous singer, and I definitely miss hearing your song as much as I used to. We actually met when you were a loan officer because I was a mortgage loan processor back in those days when I just started doing film composition. Yep. And I've seen you perform live. I've had you sing in my home. Um, it's always just a, a wonderful, joyous experience because you sing with a passion. You know, you don't just sing the song and you don't just sing the notes, you sing the feeling of it, which is one thing I've always loved about you is that, uh, you know, it's it's not just somebody going through the motions, you really feel it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Scott, that's part of, that's about, that, not, that's not the problem where my drug use had the problem. Um I have the passion, but one of the, the key components to finding out who I really am has been in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Because while I haven't been able to speak with people, I've tried to make sure that I'm only singing songs that are true mm. to what I, I'm in line with. I remember when you came to hear me sing and I was singing some country rock music and it, I, mean, I can't tell you, I could tell you right now, there's no way I would be singing that music. Yeah. right now or in the last few years. There's no way that would happen mm-hmm. unless there's got to be a really good reason, really, really, really good reason why I'd be singing those songs. And so when you asked me how last Sunday went, and I said to you that 
I had no idea how that would happen. I don't know how it should, because I wouldn't have sang that song that I sang unless I really felt it, unless I aligned with those words. And it was a church song. And so not to say I don't align with church songs, but if there's some, if it's a church song and there's specific lyrics in there that I don't align with, I couldn't sing it. Right. So I just felt really powerful in the fact that I told myself, and I built that self in the last few years to, to the point where I wouldn't be there singing it if it weren't, weren't true. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. And it's just, it was so powerful. Yeah, I, I think that that's one thing that too, is that people feel whether a singer, if they're paying attention, you know, if they're listening with more than just their ears, if they're listening with their emotions, people can tell whether somebody's just giving a performance or somebody really means it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was telling one of my other guests that I'd recently seen uh, the Graham Bonnet band was here in Vegas. And uh, I've been listening to Graham for 30 years. And I finally got the chance to see him and, and meet him. And uh, he said to me, he says, you know, the, the trick to what he does, because he always sings with passion. And he said the trick to what he does is he sings the story, not the words. And I think that that's kind of what you're doing. You're, you're singing the, the truth of it and not just what's written on paper. Right. I like that. I definitely do. So I, I realize that your situation is, is unique because of the particular things that you've been through. But I've seen so many people go down you know, similar roads. I've not really done drugs, so I don't, I don't really understand them. I, don't, I, I can kind of get the attraction to them, you know, something that, that gives you pleasure or takes away, because I've done a lot of alcohol in my, in my days. But what would you say to someone that's kind of a younger you, or what would you go back and say to yourself to maybe, I mean, I, I know that you don't regret, but if you could have gotten where you are a little bit easier, what would you say to somebody to, you know, help them avoid some of the struggles that you've been through? It's a hard question um, because I'm looking too deep into it. Um, and everyone's situation is unique. I get that. Of course, of course. Um, I would say, you know, throw away everything that you think that you know um, about drugs um, and, and your ability to handle them. Mm-hmm. And just accept the fact that you can't. And I would say that to somebody that cannot handle drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some people can use them sparingly. I mean, not to say that you should. Right. Because um, it could wreak serious havoc even if you're an occasional recreational drug user. Mm-hmm. But just throw everything away and just understand that they're not meant for you. Or just get rid of them. Yeah. Um, and that's trying to to speak to everybody as a whole. Sure. I mean, it can be fun. It can they can provide uh, a great opening um, to another world or to another realm or to the spirit realm or whatever you believe in or ideas and such. But really, I mean, if you're a talented, passionate artist, it's not worth the trade. It's right. worth it's it's like we were talking about patience earlier. Mm-hmm. I much rather would have been more patient with myself and really dove inward deeper and it taken a little bit longer mm-hmm. than dove in with drugs and found it a little bit quicker. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... I like that, yeah. 
I, I think, and, and I struggle with that too, because, well, for one, I, I don't understand the concept of crossing the line that first time. Like, I've really pondered this on, on a lot of different subjects, um, whether whether it's drugs or, you know, anything that, that's, you know, kind of dangerous or uh, something that's really taboo in society. Like, I, I don't understand, I understand the idea or the desire or the curiosity, but I, I've never been able to understand that first time where you're like, you know what? I don't care about any of the reasons I've never done this. I'm going to do it right now. So it's a fascinating subject for me. Um, I have smoked pot, I think, twice in my life back in my early 20s, and I'm much older than that now. Uh, I've had so many friends that have said to me, especially now that it's legal in so many areas, and here in Vegas obviously is one of them, um, you, know, you should smoke pot. Like, and Part of the thing for me is I have thought about it because of, of my knee pain from surgery that I had years ago. Um, I understand it can do really good wonders for that, but it doesn't. you can get it in a way that it doesn't alter your mind. But I've also had people tell me that I should do it, and I don't want to write anything that I will look back on later and go, that's something that I wrote that I'm really proud of, but the only way I could write that was because I was on drugs. Thank you. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want everything to be natural and organic. You know, uh, that's really brilliant that you say that. Uh, because coming from, obviously, me who has done the drug, drugs and you have not, I can say that the most uh, intris- intrinsic um, moments that I've had artistically with singing performing or anything, I've been sober. It's mm. never happened when I've been messed up. Really? So it does come with, yeah. So, you know, anytime you've seen me the last maybe five years that I've been, you know, um, singing or posted anything, it's all been because I've been sober. I haven't been using. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, and plus, um, marijuana, my opinion is I don't think it's a drug, but it, you know, it alters your brain. But I think also as well, people don't have that key uh, decision maker tool as such as I don't want to do it. You know, if we, if I had that, that moment to just sit back and say, well, I don't, I don't know if this is a great idea. I didn't have that sound logic to just sit back. There was too much going on in my brain. Right. I wasn't patient enough. Mm-hmm. Patience is the beauty here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's the common theme today for some reason. Yeah. I, I, and I guess I, I, I've always been afraid of the penalty. I mean, I, I didn't grow up in a you know particularly strict like Catholic-type environment, but um, I, I definitely have always been not willing to trade what I want for what might be fun in the moment. I've pretty much always taken the the safer road, you know, and it may have cost me some experiences, but to me, the ability to create is more important than anything. Yeah. And there's nothing that's really worth jeopardizing that for, for, for me. But I can't say I haven't been tempted over the years to, to try different things. I've just never done it. It, it, the, the penalty is just too potentially great for me. I, I can't imagine that being better than coming home every day or waking up in the morning and creating stuff. That's just who I am. Can I can I ask you a question? Uh, you know how you um, asked me some questions earlier and mm-hmm. kind of got off of each other that way. Yeah. So the drug use for me, it's it had been a long, long haul, you know, over 15 years. And 
I took a lot of risks, Scott, and I obviously have had some shortcomings, but I've got a, gotten away with so much. Like, I'm alive. Mm-hmm. I have a beautiful daughter. Um, I've still accomplished quite a bit. Yeah. I've, I've had a long road uh, with my career, um, two careers, and not to say that I'm as successful as I wanted to be, but it proves a risk. My question is, I haven't lost everything, mm-hmm. but in a spiritual aspect, if let's say there was, um, you know, an all spiritual decision maker or whatnot, and I hit that point where they're like, you know, you're just going to be a risky drug user this whole time, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're not going to stop, but you're also very, like, very in line person. And this is where my question comes in, and, be, and it's also coming, who am I? Right. I, I I I can't tell you this story because it's just too vulnerable. Sure. But like on Sunday, literally the words that I sang, like five, just one sentence. I couldn't have gotten to that moment and stood up there in front of those people unless something happened about within five hours before. There's no way, and it's happened multiple times to me within the last few years. There's no way. Something literally happened to change the course, to make sure that I got up there and sang. So I'm just really wondering, you know, where I struggle with who I am. I was meant to get up there and sing that song. Mm-hmm. I was meant to be a messenger at, in some degree. So whether or not I'm meant to be a vocalist, if I'm meant to sing or speak, you know, who am I supposed to be speaking for? Who are, who are meant to be the people that are listening to me? Why am I meant to be singing a certain song or these messages? Right. It's not so much that I need to know anymore or I have this, like, like, that I seek it as much as I did before, which I still do, but more so, like, how is that so, what is so powerful to do that? It's more along the lines of, like, how is that happening? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And where, where do I fall into that? And if it's helping, then how do I do it more? You know, and yeah, that's. I wish I had an answer for that. Um, right, I, me too. I have this weird. Um, I don't want to call it an ability because I. I don't really think it is. I think an ability is something you can control to an extent. But I, I've learned when somebody pops into my head, uh, just randomly, I've learned to reach out to them and just say hello, say hey, I was thinking about you. You know, send them the little smile or you know. Um, and invariably, most of the time, I will get a response from them that will say something like, thank you, I really needed that today. Like there's somebody kind of reaching out and for some reason they've connected with me and I reach back to them and I, I kind of give them that little, you know, my, my arm around their shoulder kind of feeling so that they can get through whatever it is. But it's kind of like, like what you're saying. I don't know how to make that happen. It just does and I've just learned to go with it. I don't know if that's something that, that you can do, but every audience is going to be different. Every situation is going to be different. And maybe it's about in this moment, you're meant to do this for this person. Or in that moment, this other person's going to feel something that they wouldn't have if they didn't hear you that day, whether it's singing or speaking or, or whatever, maybe listening to this podcast. You're right. I think that's just the beauty of life evolving is that as long as we're always striving to do the best we can do, and we're not always going to do it, but as long as we're always trying, 
I think that the best that we can put out will touch somebody, and we might not even know it. But that's exactly why you keep doing it, because sooner or later it will. I don't know if that helps you at all. No, it does. I'm just sitting here relaxing about it because it's moments like this in, in my recovery that I just realize the simple facts of, of of not just life, but who I am or who I want to be. Mm-hmm. That are it's just um, of, of of my not my to do list or my daily to do list, but just how to be, mm-hmm. uh, where who where I'm meant to be in every moment, like. If I think of somebody, like what you were saying, that's just how you are. And I am similar in that way in that it doesn't have to be this big question of mine of why did that happen? Mm -hmm. It could be um, more of appreciating how it happened instead of the question because that could send me in a very confusing, very long, long path of trying to find out how it happened. And that could just, see, I think into things too much and, um, I, it's, it's as simple as being there and showing up and being the messenger or not being the messenger, but just being a part of it and just letting it happen. Yeah, I could see that. But maybe maybe you do what I do, where part of the time you just feel like, you know what, I'm just going to roll with it. I know I have a value and it's going to be found, it's going to be connected with. And other times I really want to know so I can control it or I can do more with it or I can help more people or something, you know. And then there's just that that own curiosity that we have, especially when it comes to ourselves, because nothing's going to be more personal than that. You know, it's sometimes you can just let it go and sometimes you really need to know. Yeah. Sometimes I, I need to know all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I think you're going through a little bit more of an identity struggle, though, just because you're now, you know, kind of coming back into your clarity and your, you know, your ability to be in more control of your life and you want to know where your value is. And I think that value is part of it for all of us. But in your particular case, probably more so. What have you worked so hard to accomplish all of this for? Why have you stayed clean for a year? There's got to be a reason. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And you want to know what that is? Well, I don't know what, yeah, I just, I, I think I just want to know how this is. I can't say the word, jeez. Um, I think I'm just obsessed, I think, a little bit more than anything um, on how how things happen so, so beautifully. You know, that's yeah. it. I want to know how it all unfolds. Yeah. I, I can understand that curiosity for sure. <laughs> and maybe you'll figure it out. And maybe if you're, I think this is how I look at it. If you're meant to figure it out, you will. And if you're not meant to figure it out, you don't need to. Yeah. But that doesn't stop the craving, right? That doesn't make that curiosity go away. Well, I'm comfortable with the craving for that as long as I'm, as long as I'm, uh, being effective in the world or in, in my life in a very great way. And I know that I am now. Yeah. Um, I just have to be patient, which I am being mm-hmm. so, so much more than I have been before. That's the, yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. And I, I definitely think that you make a difference. And your story is very inspiring because you, you did come through all of it. I mean, we, we all still have a long way to go. And you have a lot of life ahead of you. But yeah. I I love where you're at now. I really do. I'm so proud of you. I can't even... There aren't words to describe how proud of you I am. 
I don't think you... I mean, I, I know that you know, but I don't think... I mean, nobody knows how how deep somebody can get into drugs and where it, how, how isolated somebody can get. It's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Well, it, I wish I could give everybody a hug that has that has that going on right now. You know, I do too. And you know, maybe maybe you are though. You know, maybe by people that are listening to this right now and listening to you and seeing how you you push through, maybe that is the hug that they that they'll need to make a difference in their life. Like you said, we don't know how it happens. It just works out. So here's another opportunity. Yeah, it does. But I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and for your, your brutal and deep honesty. Uh, I can't wait to see everything unfold for you because I think there's a lot of great ahead for you yet. Yeah, not over yet. Nope. <laughs> nope, you have a long way to go, and you have a beautiful. I might have another sixty years to go. That's and right. Fifteen-year little part is like nothing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It could just be a complete drop in the bucket. You might even look back exactly. on this in a few years and feel like you're so distant from it; it never really happened. Yeah, that's my plan. You know, I feel like that about <laughs> some things in life. That you know, like I, I grew up in Michigan. I lived um, just before I turned sixteen. We left Michigan, so I lived a you know a good chunk of my life right there. And it is so long ago, it feels like it was a movie I watched. You grew up in Detroit? Mm -hmm. Just outside of Detroit, yeah. Mount Clemens, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. But it was so long ago. You know, it, it's like I have memories of it, and I still keep in touch with my friends there, but it just feels like, a, like a, I dreamed it or something because it's just too distant now. So I'm hoping that that will be the case with all of this for you. It's like learn the lessons, but let go of the guilt and the attachment and the you know all of the negative stuff and just move forward okay you know if you can if you have that then i can have it too so. that's right oh i like that <laughs> what a great yeah. note to end this on <laughs> thank you so much gina you are you're amazing and you're gonna do great i believe in you thanks Pat. you take care i will wow that is some really powerful stuff. You know, I'm really proud of her. She's She's been through so much, and here she is now uh, a year clean. That's a long time. And uh, all I can do is just, you know, be there for her and wish her the best and keep encouraging her to stay the way she is. I, you know, I know a, a child can change a lot in a person's life, but it sounds like she's found a way to to make a change for the for the better and just hope it all stays that way and hope she keeps pushing forward take care guys we'll see you next uh, wednesday with a new episode